Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover and myself talking about 401k imperfections on the podcast this month. Uh, you know, it's a powerful savings tool, obviously, uh, something we should do or probably most people do, but they're not perfect, okay? So let's talk about some of the weaknesses on this episode that you should at least be aware of, whether it's any of that uh, alphabet soup, the 401k or the 403b, TSP, 457, whatever you might have, kind of basically all the same there. So let's dive into that with Steve this week. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you? Doing well. We are taping this uh, right just a little bit before 4th of July, and we'll be dropping it later this week. So a happy 4th to everybody and uh, you as well, my friend. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah, we're going to hopefully everybody's going to have a good time and uh, enjoy their holiday. It's a little tough with all the inflation and a little tough with all the volatility, but hopefully people are still going to find, you know, find those moments to celebrate and things of that nature. But with that, let's talk a little bit about, like I said, the 401k imperfections. It's a great tool, right? It's a fantastic, powerful retirement savings tool, but as I mentioned, it's not perfect. So let's start with the administrative cost. They're not cheap, Steve. These things are definitely not cheap, and it gets often passed on to the end user. They do. And one advantage now is they used to be able to hide all the fees that they charged. And in some recent legislation, they've been, they've have to break that out. So a little bit of transparency has happened, but they tend still to be kind of expensive due to the fact that they have, you know, actively managed mutual funds and so on in there. So, you know, typical, you know, operating expenses of 401k for an individual is by the time you add up all the fees is probably two and a half, three percent, which can tend to be a little higher than than most plans that are out there. Yeah. And it, it can get costly. They can add up. And so it's gotten a little bit better in there, but they're still fairly high. Um, and another problem we see with the 401k, but is the fact that, it, well, it's basically just mutual funds and not a whole lot else. Uh, for, you know, so like even your um, target date fund, right? So you pick a target date fund, let's say it's 2030 or whatever the case is, and it's just basically a collection of mutual funds. It is. And one of the biggest issues kind of leading into that, well, one, I'm not a big fan of target date funds because okay. target date funds over the years, and I'm not going to say all of them are this way, but the vast majority that I've seen come up this way. A lot of times what fund companies do is they will go ahead and take some of their poorly performing mutual funds okay. that are not getting any new money that haven't performed very well. Maybe they've had some manager change turnover and they'll put them into these target date funds because that's automatic money coming in mm. to the fund. So you, sure. you tend to have some really underperforming and some poor funds inside of those target date yeah, funds. Yeah, because everybody does them, especially if it's confusing to you because it's so easy, right? You just pick a, a year that you say, hey, I'm going to like 2030. That's the year for me to retire. Boom. And people just do it. They do. And it, it's kind of been born out of the fiduciary responsibility that the plan sponsor is under, meaning they need to have an investment committee, make sure the funds that they're offering are diversified, have been performing, fees are in line, and so on. And what they've done in the past is they've put these target date funds in just to cover their behinds. Yeah. Because they can they can automatically enroll people in those and they're quote unquote 
diversified based on their age and when they want to retire and things of that nature. So that's kind of where they have born from. And some, as I said, and I'm not going to say all of them are poor, sure, right. but the ones that I've looked at are poor, but you know, that's just kind of how it is. Again, right they have now. some weak, some weak spots basically. Right. Yeah. yeah some weak links. Yeah. And, you know, it, and, and to that point, when you were talking about um, the, uh, you know, kind of the, just, the diversification, people feel like that we're super diversified. And also we feel like that we're safe in those because we understand the basics of them scaling down the risk as we get closer to the target date. Problem is, is they don't actually scale it down as as much as many people think they do, which leaves them with a bit of a misnomer about that. Exactly. And the other part that I'll I'll address on that in terms of when you say it's scaling down the risk, Mm -hmm. typically in most 401k plans, there is no place to go to safety. The only place to go to safety are in cash. Because in, in years past, safe, if you wanted to say they're moving towards safe away from risk, was going to bond funds. Mm-hmm. Because bonds typically are not correlated to the stock market. So in other words, if stock prices go up, bond funds go down. Right. And if stock right. prices go down, bond fund prices go up. Right now, that's not happening. And what's ha- when you get into these target date funds or you're left trying to figure out where to go with my, my money because the, the equity market is so volatile, the problem they're running into is they're putting them into bonds and they're just as volatile. So you're kind of moving money, you know, they're trying to move money, quote, to the safe side or to a less risky side, which are bonds, but they just are carrying a, a tremendous amount of risk as well. So when you're in a 401k, you have to understand it's it's really designed for growth. It's not really designed to protect your money. There's really no place to protect your money other than going to cash. And that's the worst place, believe it or not, to have your money when the market is volatile. And so that's kind of one of the problems that we have with 401ks right now is because the bond market is just not with rising interest rates and going to have rising interest rates for quite a while. It's you're kind of stuck. I mean, you, right, you just yeah. almost have to to bear with it in your your plan. And what I tell my clients, I'll just tell you what I tell them is I say, you know, you, you have to be careful with the bonds. Suitability wise, believe it or not, you have to have money in bonds. But if you if you do, you want to look at the fund that has a short term duration bond fund, meaning the bonds that that are inside that bond fund need to be less than seven years of, of maturity. You don't want to get into long bonds. On top of that, what you need to be looking for are the funds that you have available to you are kicking out dividends, and that's income. And you want to skew towards those type of funds, especially in the market we're having, because those funds will typically kick out dividends, even if they're going down in price or the market is volatile. So if you can kind of do those two things, once this market stabilizes and comes back around, you should be in a lot better shape. Well, and I think that's part of the problem, again, when we're talking about these imperfections of the 401k is really kind of you're mentioning limited asset classes. And that was the next on my list anyway, um, because they typically are large cap, mid cap, small cap, maybe a few bond funds, like you mentioned. Uh, But most don't, you know, most plans don't offer things, these 401ks. They're not like there's no world commodities, you know, real estate, energy, that kind of thing. There's no broader spectrum outside of the, the few options they give you. That's true. And that's one of the problems with a lot of 401ks because you're limited to what is in the plan. You can't go outside the plan. And a lot of times I'll put a a couple of growth funds in at large cap growth, maybe one large cap value, maybe a small cap growth, um, some international, a couple of bond funds. And then you get a litany 
of target date funds. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. kind of skew it that way. So what I always want people to do is, and, and this is what I'm I'm a proponent of, which is you contribute to your 401k up to the match. Whatever yeah, you got to take that match. free money. Yeah. Yeah. Take the free money. The balance of it needs to go into your own IRA outside of the plan. Also into a Roth IRA. Uh, you also need to be taking advantage of the Roth 401k. But basically you want to you want to contribute up to the match, get your match, and then the balance of it, put it into your own funds. And here's the reason. 401ks are not very um, accessible. So you, if you're under 59 and a half and you need to get it money, you might be able to get an emergency access to it. You might be able to take a, a loan, which can be kind of devastating. And so you, you don't have a lot of flexibility to get at your money. A lot of it's locked up. Well, actually, so. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because that was actually my final point in that is they're kind of clunky in that, you know, if the whole point is it's a it's not that great of a vehicle to, I guess, generate income once you're retired, because it's not the easiest in the world to get the money out. It's a, it's a bit clunky. It can be. You have to, you know, you have to be able to transfer to an IRA and you have to you, you then take you know control over it. But worst off is if you need emergency money mm-hmm. or, you know, you need $10,000 quickly, that's typically not the place you're going to get it. So you always want to have money sitting outside of those accounts. You want to contribute up to the match, but then have your own account sitting off to the side because that's a liquid. Even if you're under 59 and a half, if you need the money and it's an emergency, you you can get it right. Hence the emergency uh, so fund title. You right. obviously want to have an emergency fund, but I'm talking a, a pretty oh you know, okay. One where yes. You're going to yes. burn through your emergency fund, then you got to come up with more money. Gotcha. And you know, so that's got to always have money sitting outside of that retirement plan. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. The other part that you got to watch out for, and this we've seen this happen time and time and time again, is that companies will have their own stock inside the plan. And people can tend to be a little too bullish on their own company and get way too much money stuck into one stock which or stock fund. We saw it happen in here in Kansas City with Sprint. Can't tell you how many people had the majority of their money in the stock Sprint, uh, Sprint fund and didn't diversify. And when Sprint started having its issues, it took a lot of people's retirement accounts down significantly. So you want to you diversify as much as you can, but always... I kind of come back to it. Make sure you diversify, but skew on the side of earning dividends, cash. Okay. Like and, then, and then the final one here, Steve, which is really where a lot of people wind up saying, hey, you know, I need to probably roll over. Like, so I need to probably go ahead. Uh, they do have these imperfections. I need to do a 401k rollover. And that's where a lot of people, I mean, they're not that complicated, but for those of us who don't do it on the regular, it's something that kind of feels intimidating to us. So, and it, and to your point earlier, it could be a fantastic option and probably is for a lot of people just going to an IRA just for the smorgasbord of things that are available. It's correct. And one of the things you have to watch out for, as you said, it's kind of clunky. If you don't do it properly, and if you request the money improperly, meaning they send you a, you a check made out to you, a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to find out they're withholding 20% minimum out of what they sent to you because they don't know that you're going to roll it over into a retirement, into an IRA. And you have to get that money into that IRA within 60 days. So that's one of the clunkies um, features of them. But if you do it right, 
And in the forms, you would just not believe it, Mark. The forms are the most confusing things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there, there's a shock. Form is confusing. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I know, you know, I'm, I've been doing this for almost 26 years. So, but for somebody who hasn't, it's there. Oh, you got these three options and they don't know. They think they know which option to take. And if they take the wrong option, it can be a real problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can, you know, they can take the money and they can and declassify it as a, a retirement account now and have all of it taxable. So what you always want to do is do what's called a trustee to trustee transfer. You never, you, you cannot cash the check. Even if they send it to you, it's only going to be for your benefit. It's made out really to the custodian for your benefit. That allows you just to roll it right into your IRA. There's no tax on the transfer and you don't have to worry about claiming it on your taxes. So, but if you don't do it right, it, it can be a real problem. Since we're going through what we're going, doing is uh, writing the market highs and lows. I think I've offered that white paper before, and it's a it's really a, a good piece okay. on how to how to stay disciplined even in your four hundred one k or outside of your four hundred one k. So I'd be happy to to send an email uh, anybody who wants that uh, white paper on writing the market highs and lows. I think it's real appropriate right now to kind of keep everybody. Yeah, um, disciplined. Now that's great. So we'll we'll give that uh, out this month here from the podcast. So if you'd like to get a copy of that market highs and lows, just email Steve. You can reach out to him, Steve H at wealthpartnerscorp.com. That's Steve H at wealthpartnerscorp.com. Uh, you can also give him a call at 913-685-3207. But yeah, 401ks, you know, again, good vehicle, but not perfect. And especially as we're getting closer to retirement, it may be something to consider talking with your advisor or talking with Steve about how to do some rollovers or just looking at what's going on in it. Many people, when they first come in for a consultation and evaluation, that's one of the first you know steps that are going through is you're going through looking what you currently have and seeing where you can kind of make those improvements. And whether it's fees or whatever the case might be, that's usually a place that many advisors are going to dissect. So get on the calendar, have a conversation. If you need some help and you're not already working with Steve, you can stop by his website, wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. Drop him an email if you'd like to get a copy of that white paper as well about the market highs and lows. Steve, thanks for hanging out with me, my friend, here on the podcast. And I know you're going to be uh, enjoying a little time uh, away for you know, the 4th of July. So enjoy yourself. I appreciate it, Mark. And I want to mention one last thing sure. before we sign off. There is something in all 401ks or 99% of 401ks called an in-service transfer. If you're over 59, 59 and a half or over, mm-hmm. you can transfer your money from your 401k, 403b, 457 plan into an IRA no taxes, and still contribute to your current plan, 401k plan, but it allows you to do that to start diversifying your accounts. I just wanted to bring that up. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, great point. Again, so a lot of nuance there, so fantastic point to sign off with. Again, reach out to Steve if you need some help at wealthpartnerskc.com. Thanks for subscribing to and listening to The Retirement Pilot. If you haven't subscribed, consider doing so on whatever podcasting platform you listen to. And We'll see you next month here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.